help young people activate an entrepreneurial mindset by launching businesses in high school or middle school, and also by participating in hackathons, which are events that we run around the country, which allows young people to come together and solve the problems that adults have created. There's been a lot of growth, which is great to, to grow the business while also growing myself into, I think, a better version of myself. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Growth and Scaling Podcast. Today, I'm so stoked to talk to someone who is going to tell us all sorts of cool stuff about what she's doing to serve the world. She's all over the place. Sarah, will you please tell us who you are and what do you do? Well, my name is Sarah Hernholm, and I am the founder of an organization called WIT, Whatever It Takes. And we help young people activate an entrepreneurial mindset by launching businesses in high school or middle school and also by participating in hackathons, which are events that we run around the country, which allows young people to come together and solve the problems that adults have created. And we also run a virtual community where young people, young entrepreneurs can come together with like-minded leaders, young leaders, and work together and build their own network of support. What other things have you hit along the way that have made growing a nonprofit hard? Well, I remember one of my first, I joined this uh, group of people that was like for nonprofit leaders and that I have a very for-profit brain. And, and when right. I, would, I would say things like, okay, so we're <laughs> going to charge this much and then we'll have like this much in um, revenue or, 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 or this, we'll make this much or, and profit, profit, you know, and we'll make this much. And they were like, you can't talk like that. And I remember being scolded in this meeting, like, that's not, you, you don't, you can't talk like that as a nonprofit. And I remember thinking, okay. You're kidding. And, and what I realized <laughs> was that I'm better at creating things that people will pay for versus asking for money. And that is why. That's a funny mindset. You know, I just, and I'm like, I, I, I like the challenge of creating something and yeah. then be like, okay, will they pay this much for it? Like, will they see the value in this? Or how can I make this more valuable for somebody and make it worth their investment? And I take it really seriously right. that, that a parent's going to put their hard-earned money into our programs. So it makes me want to sure. really, like, really deliver on that versus going and asking for money. That's just not, and that's the irony is that I have a nonprofit. Uh, so that's, <laughs> and it's, it's it is kind of irony I that know, you're, I know you're running a not for profit and teaching kids to be yeah, profitable. I right? know, but so then we get, we are profitable, right? <laughs> we to say, right. And that, but that allows us to then provide scholarships for people that might not be able to afford the I program. So, uh, the challenge was, that was a challenge for me in the beginning was just learning this world that yeah. I wasn't familiar with, uh, We've had challenges. I mean, hiring, and that can be a you know two-hour conversation about hiring right. and firing and uh, learning 100%. how to be the right kind of leader for people and and where my skill sets are and where they're not and and if I was willing to work on developing those skills or it was better just to hire somebody else to do those things. Uh, all right. those things have been challenging. The but I think that the growth for me in the whole with, over the past, you know, 10 plus years has been in just my, the, the, the lessening of the ego, which was pretty big in the beginning, like just a lot of ego and fear about being defined by that work or defined by uh, wit. And now right. I don't have it. I'm not as married to it as I used to be. And I was in the beginning. And so if anybody is, it's okay. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. 
it's if it's something is coming from your heart and you're creating something you can really feel personally connected to everything uh, but I have better space now yeah I try you know I try to justify to my wife that you know you need ego to start a business right because you, you're right about it. you know how to solve this yeah. problem right yeah <laughs> but, yeah but you're right the more humble you are about the approach and and just knowing that you do know what you're doing is enough you know you don't have to go yeah. declare to the world that I am the best at this thing yeah you know what I mean yeah and I listen more than I did in the beginning. I, cool. I, I listen more, which is which is wonderful too. So there's been a lot of growth, which is, awesome. which is great to, to grow the business while also growing myself into, I think, a better version of myself. Tell us about the growth. I mean, you, you know, you started off in San Diego. I've heard you mention Austin, New York, mm-hmm. St. Louis. How have you been able to scale this thing? Well, I think... Honestly, and this is just so maybe to bring some value to your audience by being this honest, is that, you know, my, my, my ego drove it in the beginning, my ego, I I really felt like there was something to be said about having different locations and different states that felt good to say to me, it felt like I sounded more important and a bigger deal. And uh, that was kind of it. That was a bit of it. And then Right. I also love to travel and I've lived in multiple places. And I think that I liked the idea of comparing what, what <laughs> the dynamics would be with young people in different cities and seeing what, what works sure. here. Would it work in the Midwest? Would it work in New York city? Would it work in San Diego? So that was, you know, that was a bit of it. Sure. But the, the model itself, it, it, the challenges came, the biggest challenge for us is uh, maybe not anymore because of how now we do it virtually, with finding the right facilitator, yeah. because I don't believe that right. people who have never been an entrepreneur should teach entrepreneurship. I don't think that, and, and a lot of people, <laughs> I totally agree. But there's a lot of people like when I travel around and I visit schools and they say we have an entrepreneurship program, it's not taught by somebody who's been an entrepreneur. <laughs> and so that always yeah. cracks me up. And so it's like, I, I feel, and, and I, I just think it's important to say like in colleges too. Yeah. Like it blows yeah. me away. I'll go, I'll go visit college campuses and I'm like, wait, who's teaching the entrepreneurship program? And and it's like not even anyone that's ever started a yeah. business before. It's crazy. And the thing is, is like when we started WIT, it, it's a long story short, but it was supposed to be a TV show because I used to work in TV and film and then it became a nonprofit cool. just because we like, we beta cool. tested the concept of the show in the city and it worked. And so they're like, oh, now we're doing this thing. So a lot of the lessons that we're awesome. teaching young people are lessons that I learned in real time. And so I feel like, but you have to have experienced those kinds of things and put yourself out sure. there and had, you know, failures. And I've had plenty of failures and be able to tell the kids like, oh yeah, I put up a booth one 100%. time at an event and nobody stops by my booth. And they're like, no way, Mr. Ernholm. I'm like, <laughs> yes way. And I had to sit there <laughs> and feel like mortified and embarrassed. And then I realized, you, know, you just spent all, all the, the money, money being there. there. Yeah. I, realized I, was, I wasn't with yeah. the right audience. That wasn't the people that I should be in front of. So I feel like the lessons that right. I've learned and the lessons, so that's why it's really important to us that our facilitators of the WIT program are entrepreneurs. So that's, that's a key piece that was I hard to do when we were in person, but now we can get a, we can get a lot of um, people right. that are willing to just like log into Zoom and they almost see it as like a way to give back to their communities to run our class. Yeah. 100%. Hundred percent. No, I, I totally agree with that. I I always tell people, especially students, that my first business was my paper yeah. route. 
You know, I had to, I had to go out and sell to my neighbors. I had a supplier. I had to do the fulfillment. I had to collect money and pay my invoice every month. Like there's really nothing different that I do now that I didn't do then. Yes, you know yes. what I mean? Those simple processes. Yes. So I am totally bought into what you're doing. Kate, now, now you mentioned a few challenges. What, what other things did you hit that were kind of surprises that you wish you hadn't hit? And, and maybe what are some things that you hit that you're like, you already mentioned one you're grateful for is that the schools were kind mm. of hard to get into. I'm so excited about this. Uh, like, really, I've got seven kids and three of them are adulting right now. And I've taught every one of them to start a business every summer that they've been alive practically. So I can't wait to hear about this. Tell us about like, what, where are you doing this? Are you integrated with the schools? Like, what, what are you doing? Is this totally extracurricular or how have you set this thing up? Tell well, us about it's gone this. through multiple iterations, as most businesses do. The current iteration, the current version sure. of WIT is one where we run our college credit classes for high schoolers and middle schoolers cool. virtually. And uh, Love the it. hackathons are done in person, so in, the, in different cities around the country. I love it. Okay. So you got approved to do some college credits. Um, mm -hmm. Is it like, uh, do they get time out of school to do this? Or is it like, talk to me. Like, I, I'm totally okay. thinking this, so like, the, I'm registering my senior right now. And so it's like totally fresh <laughs> on my mind. So we don't work really directly with the schools. That's a story maybe for another time about trying <laughs> to get into, trying to get into the school systems. But uh, we're an after school program cool. where a high schooler or a, tween, a, a teenager or a teenager, right. if their parents, they apply to be in our program, you have to apply and you have to get accepted. And then if you're accepted, then you get to attend a once a week class for about six to eight weeks and Love you attend it. it after school, after sports, and uh, you log into a Zoom room with us. And within six weeks, you are pitching your business and how you've executed it to a panel of judges virtually. I love it. Oh my gosh. Okay, it's as cool as I thought it would be. So, <laughs> like, really, this is so cool. How many kids are you getting through this program? And, and, and how well is it being, like, do you, I mean, I know you've got little branch offices all over the place, but how is it being received? Like, are you, do you feel like you're penetrating as much as you'd like? Or are you way busier than you want to be? Or what's kind of the, what does well, that look like? We've been, we've been doing WIT for over 13 years now. So right. thousands of, we worked with thousands of young people. I would say what I'm most excited about right now is that we're finally getting young people back together for our hackathons. You know, COVID cool. really shut us down. Yeah. And uh, it, it was detrimental to young people, the way adults closed them down. I agreed. And, and, and pulled them away. Agreed. And uh, we, they're really behind in their social developments and interactions. And so yeah. just getting a chance to run hackathons is like the top priority for me right now. We still have our ongoing virtual classes, which are really important because it's really valuable for a young person to log into a Zoom room, even though I know we were kind of Zoomed out, but our young people are logging into a Zoom room with a with a kid in a different country or a different right. city, a different state, and building relationships. So we see that, and we don't do, we're, we're big, like, we work smarter, not harder. We don't waste right. time in Zoom. We're right. very action-oriented as an organization. So we're not boring. Uh, which I understand you why can't people be. are, we're, you know, got annoyed by Zoom because, you know, adults can be boring. Yes. <laughs> so I get it. Yes. Uh, 
And, but right now I'm really focused on how to get people back together in those hackathons. We ran one in San Diego last week. The week before that, we were in New nice. York City. Um, we're planning some more this summer. And that's nice. where I'm trying to get the word out the most is like, if you are an organization or a school that wants to sponsor a hackathon, it allows your young people to come together for 24 hours to 48 hours. They will pick problems to solve in their community. They will come up with a pitch. They will come up with a solution. They Love will it. pitch that solution. And it's between $500 to $1,000 prize and you nice. earn college credit. So it's a very fast moving way to activate entrepreneurial mindset right. and to bring young people together. I love it. Running a business, honestly, can leave a lot of founders and operators feeling lonely and isolated. If you have ever felt that way, trust me, I know what it feels like. And there is something you can do about it. You've heard a lot of our guests talk about the fact that being lonely and isolated is one of their biggest challenges in trying to run and scale their business. CaptainsCouncil.com. Go to CaptainsCouncil.com right now and see what we're doing to resolve this problem. We want you to be a strong operator who has solutions and has a way to get around the challenges you're currently facing. What most founders don't understand is that you're not alone. The challenges that you're facing, likely somebody else has already overcome and they can give you the feedback you need to overcome them. Who better than your peers, other founders, other operators who are joining with you in a small group setting a global community setting, as well as that are in-person events to guide you through these challenges that you're facing right now. Don't give up, keep on pushing, but do it with some good advice from your peers. Go check it out at captainscouncil.com and let me know what you think about the offering. We can't wait to see you there. Love it. All right, this is so cool. So you've been doing this for like 13, 14 years. And as you've been building this, now, now that we know what you do, I want to know how you've done it. I mean, the, I imagine that you've run into all sorts of hiccups and problems, but let's start with the good stuff. Let's start with the stuff that has gone right. Maybe some pivots that have taken you to where you've gone right now. Maybe some cool decisions you've made that, that kind of took it from like, man, I'm hitting a brick wall with these building with these schools, but look at what just happened. Is there anything that's happened like that? Yeah, some fun things come to mind when you ask that. One, it reminds me of when we were hitting those walls with getting locations for our programs because we used to run our classes in person in San Diego, Austin, cool. Texas, New York City, and St. Louis. And we had a hard time finding schools that wanted to partner with us that would also allow other school students, other students to come to that school and participate in the event. Interesting. And I really was just thinking, you know, I like to solve problems. I like yeah. to see them as opportunities to get creative. And where we got creative and what ended up working out was instead of partnering with co-working spaces. And Ooh. it was perfect because co-working spaces are much more interesting, unfortunately, than yes. a lot of schools are. And the way they the way that they look and the kind of fortunately, yeah, yeah. Well, unfortunately for kids, because right, I feel right. like, you know, the learning environment for young people should be exciting should and be. you should yeah. want to go into school and, and feel like they want you to innovate and create and engage. Uh, so, but the young people really liked coming to the co-working spaces. And then the, a couple more wins came from that because now we were at a place where there were already entrepreneurs. And so when it came time for judging and mentors and partnerships with even organizations, we had Love them it. right there. So 
that was a fun. Oh, that's so creative. A, to, it turned into a setup for something better. And now we still do a lot of our hackathons at co-working places. That is awesome. That's awesome. And for those that don't know, I mean, I've participated in hackathons. Will you explain why it's so yeah. critical and what actually happens at a hackathon? So I think we, maybe we, t we use the term loosely over here at WIT because I know some other hackathons, you know, they're really about like it's super coding, tech, tech, right, tech right. And coding. And for us, we're using it as terms of like hacking your city's greatest problem. The idea is that a lot of people like to complain. Yes. And teenagers will complain. Adults will complain too. Teenagers Wait, will complain about, you know, what's going on and what they don't like or what's not working or all these things. Right. And we say, okay, well, let's take action on those things because we're not really big on uh, being the victim in your life. We really want you to be the victor in your life. And so if you don't like something, then either be quiet about it or do something about it. Right. And so the hackathons are like, okay, are asking our young people, what's bothering you? And they'll say homelessness, teen mental health. Uh, we've, had, we've had hackathons dedicated to youth trafficking, which is a big problem in our country, especially right. in our border cities. Yeah. Yeah. And we've solved problems or they pitch solutions to multiple things. And it's just a way for them to engage and, feel part of something which i think as human beings we all desire to feel part sure. of something and that we do it really fast paced there's a lot of pizza there's a lot of candy there's a lot of fun happening a lot of giveaways along the way and again you know young people will say to us i wish school was like this like why can't school <laughs> feel like this why can't it really replace like, school you know what i mean like i know really realistically like, just truly like just things that we just I wish it's a conversation for another time, but I, I just feel like we could do a lot better by, by our young people when it comes to educating them. Especially like junior and senior year. It's like, okay, yeah. now you've kind of got all the fundamentals down. Now, instead of math and calculus, let's do accounting and, you know, like statistics yeah, totally. or something cool like that. You know what I mean? I think that would be so cool. Um, absolutely love what you're doing. And I love the pivots you made. I think the co-working space idea is is like, I mean, looking back, you probably think we should have just started there, but there really weren't totally. co-working spaces in, in the early 2000s. You know what I mean? Like, this is yeah. a fairly new concept. Yeah. yeah. And it makes, it, it, I think those are all learning. That's all part of the learning, you know? Sometimes right. think, and I'm so grateful that we didn't just get stuck right. in schools, you know, that we got out into the world and no out kidding. into the communities that eventually we wanted to partner with. No and kidding. So it was just good for the kids to switch it up to, especially when we bring together young people from different schools and yeah. provide the level playing field. I right. mean, we worked out of Google headquarters in Chelsea in New York. Cool. And it was kids from all neighborhoods in New York showing Love up it. there. And so it wasn't like, you know, kids were showing up at like the most elite school, but they didn't get to attend that school. And right. so that is also, I mean, if you're thinking about, I think, you know, the word equity is overused right now, but if you really want to think about um, being equitable yeah. or, or leveling the playing field, throw a bunch of kids at Go into Google and they're, but they all come in shell shocked and like, oh my God, this is so totally. cool. And, and now we get to work. So that's the kind of stuff that WIT tries to do. Fantastic. You know, I, it, my kids are lucky. They're fortunate that we live in a community full of a lot of entrepreneurs. And so we do have a release time entrepreneurship program at our high school 
And it is very cool. Like, it's very cool. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would love to compare notes later about what you guys are doing versus what, what we've been trying to do in our community. Because it, it honestly sounds like it's, it'd be much easier just to plug in to a program mm-hmm. like what you've already created as opposed to trying to create our own, which I will say it's going, it's going pretty well. Like it's been pretty fun. I've been mentoring quite a bit over there over the past few years with the high school kids, but I love what you're doing. Like, this is so phenomenal. Thank you. Now tell me about, um, like, I guess I just, I want to know, it's been hitting my head. Looking back, would you have still started this as a nonprofit or would you have tried to create a for-profit program doing the same thing? Yeah, I'd love to. I, would be fun to to try that right to to do that right. model and um I, yeah i totally would have been open to that i don't I, I don't have a thing against that i think that i don't have anything wrong with people making money <laughs> you know and being being right like being right, a for profit right. that's not i don't have an issue with that i guess it i guess the biggest benefit though would be that when you're asking other local businesses to help you know judge a competition or to do, you know, mm-hmm. b- contribute to some prizes or some scholarship or what have you, they do get the benefit of donating to a nonprofit. Yeah. And I think, so that is, kind yes, of- I think there's that. And I think it brings value to the spaces that <laughs> donate their spaces. And then they get to say that this is how they help the community. Yeah. So I feel like, totally. I, and again, like I said, I, I do run it very for profit in my head and we charge for our program right. and we give to people in our, so the way it's running right now, in a way it's kind of always run it's kind of doing it, it we, we do get the wins all around i think cool cool i love it very cool so so you know starting any business is hard and and doing what you've done is definitely not easy and you know running any business for longer than 10 years in my opinion is like woo you know go like that's freaking awesome how have you been able to maintain your positivity or enthusiasm? Do you have someone in your circle and your network who's kind of inspired you to keep it moving the direction you're going? The kids. Yeah. I feel barely, <laughs> I feel very, um, a, a very strong conviction to be the adult that I wanted as a kid when it came to an educator. Yeah. Uh, I'm great parents, you know, great yeah. role models there. School, I can probably count on one right. hand how many great teachers I had. And uh, I really want, I, so for Agreed. me, it's the kit, it's the team. It's doing, it's thinking like, okay, if we keep going, we help somebody realize their self-value, self-worth, and we help them experience the value of hard work because our kids work really hard. And uh, Love it. we don't, we have a model that can't want it more than you. So yeah, I write for Forbes. I write for the Today Show. They, oh, they all like want it. They all want to be on the Today Show. They all want me to write about them in Forbes. And I'm like, tell me something that you've done that's worth writing about because I, like, I haven't <laughs> seen it yet. And so, like, get like get to work <laughs> and do it. Do whatever it takes. I love it. And they do. And we, you and I both know that hard work, the value of hard work, what that does for your self confidence and your sense of self value right. is priceless. And I feel that that's really important to give young people, especially in times like this. So cool. So very cool. I want to know, um, we'll talk afterwards, what I can do to help you with your program and help you grow this because I, I feel very passionate about this as a dad, as an entrepreneur, as everything that I've ever done anything to help these youth see something different that they could be doing than just going through the program um, is so valuable to them. So 
thank you for what you're doing. How do people get a hold of you? What's your website? How do people okay. contribute and help? So you, if you're inspired to get your young, the young person in your, your life involved, we have summer programs happening right now. You can visit doingwit.org. Awesome. I'm actually, I go back uh, once a week, a sum, one summer, one week a summer to run a class. And so I'm running one this summer. I'm very excited to re-engage cool. with them. Young people will do it cool. virtually. If you like the idea of hosting a hackathon in your city, you can also visit our website and reach out. You can always reach out to me directly at Sarah with an H at doingwit.org. Awesome. Sarah, you're the best. I'm seriously so glad we connected on this and so glad we can bring any exposure to what you're doing that we can. And those watching this program, honestly, growing and scaling is never easy, but it is so rewarding when it works. And it's so rewarding when you when you have the right attitude and the right ability to make these pivots that Sarah made in growing this program. So I hope it's inspired you. Sarah, thank you so much for being here. And uh, we look forward to catching you all in the next episode. Thanks for having me. Hey, what did you think of that episode? I got to tell you, Sarah is an amazing woman. We chatted for a long time after our conversation, and I am just so excited. Like, I really can't even begin to tell you. We're going to take parts of what she is doing and incorporate it into our community. Uh, for those that listen to this podcast, yes, we do have a community. Details will be below but we want you to not only learn how to grow and scale your own business, but to help companies like this grow and expand their reach. They need us, they need people like us to help contribute, not just monetarily, but through volunteer work, through helping kids and mentoring and all the other things that they need to grow and scale their minds into this mindset of everything's not just handed to me. I gotta go work for these things. So. If that's something you're interested, connect with Sarah below. Her details are in the show notes and share this episode with those who need to hear it. Like, share, subscribe, do whatever you need to do to support this podcast because we are here for you. I love to help other founders and operators of businesses. And if you can't tell that by now, just, just go away. But I love you. I love what you're doing. I love what you're building. And if there's anything that we can do to help you, leave us some notes in the comments. Let us know what we can be doing, provide better content, better copy for you so that you can grow and scale your business to where you want to be. So exciting. Thanks so much for being here. We'll catch up with you on the next episode.